Hey there, this is David Fitzgerald, the author of Jesus Mything in Action, and you're listening to The Canadian Atheist. And when you're determined to reject something, you'll use any excuse that works. Okay. In each case, when a creationist is cornered on a pivotal point, they cannot make an honest concession because they don't care what the truth is. In one way or other, I have seen many times an admission to the effect that whether we believe it matters more than whether it is true. Their position, and I'm, I'm not kidding about this, their position is not about truth, it's about appearances. And it's not demonstrated by fact, but by a demonstration of conviction. And really, it's about make-believe. It doesn't matter whether it's true or not, there's an emotional attachment to religious beliefs. That's why they uh, require apologists, people whose job it is to make up whatever excuse is necessary to rationalize or justify whatever they need in order to preserve a preferred belief. Uh, and even when that belief is obviously wrong, a religious apologist has a doctrinal obligation to defend the faith and make people believe. And that includes pulling the wool over your own eyes, too. You're supposed to reaffirm your faith using a cognitive bias and a logical fallacy of a circular argument routing back to an assumed conclusion. And why would anybody be so determined to preserve or promote a belief rather than investigating it to make sure that it's correct? I've often met people who say that they don't care what the facts are. They're going to believe what they want to believe. And if I try to tell them what the facts are, then they get angry, saying, why can't I believe what I want to believe? as if it was a matter of choice. And they tell me that I have that choice too, but I don't. Whatever I believe is a condition determined by my knowledge of the facts and will obligately change along with my understanding of the information. I have no choice in the matter, and if I did, I wouldn't believe as I do. I wouldn't believe as they do either, because if I have to believe in a fantasy world, I can imagine much better ones than they have. <laughs> Welcome to The Canadian Atheist, a podcast about news, current events, and commentary on all things atheism from a Canadian perspective. Now, this podcast carries the explicit tag and wears it like a motherfucking badge of honor, so if you get offended, you might want to switch off. The CA records each week live from Apostasy Studios. Why not join in the discussion? Find us on Facebook, email us at thecA at rogers.com, or follow us on the old Twitter machine at the underscore CA underscore podcast. If we're amused or tweaked by your stuff, we just might even use it on the show. And now, here are Michael and Dean. All right, here we go. Welcome to CA. Today is Sunday, July 29th, 2018. I am Michael. And I am not Dean. That's right. Um, joining uh, me today is uh, my lovely wife, Shannon. I'm back. And why? Why are you here today? Well, because Dean's away. Okay. And the real reason you're here today? <laughs> well... Because I love my husband and I support him in all the things he does. Eh, next. Okay, third try. Because I'm participating in a scavenger hunt, and one of the things you have to do is um, be on a podcast. And so here she is. Yay! So, um, did I say, I didn't say what episode it is. No. Nope. It's episode Just... 60. 60. Um, hello, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in and listening to... Uh, well, what are normally two incredibly uh, foul-mouthed uh, Canadians. Um, my, my lovely wife is not nearly as foul-mouthed as I am. But I have to get something out of the way uh -oh. before we delve into this episode. Because I've got it just, it's been kind of building up. 
and it's not my sperm count. Um, it's uh, I'm not touching see. that one with a damn <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Um, so, uh, cunt, fuck, asshole, Ow. motherfucker, bitch, cunt. Oh my. Fuck. You're scaring the dog. Now, why did I have to do that? Because you weren't allowed to swear in the last episode that you exactly. did. Exactly. And it all built up inside. And that was just, that's just a, a little bit of a release. You totally legit scared the dog. He um, got up and came and stood beside me because he doesn't like it when you yell. He's fine. Well, he be, is now. He stopped screaming. He'll be fine. Mm. Um, so we got, uh, we got a fuckload of news uh, to get to. And normally, this is around the time when I say, hey, brother, what's going on? But um, I already know what's going on with you because we spent the entirety of the day together. Yes. And a few minutes ago, my lovely wife was outside. Um, it was really, really funny. So, so picture this. Um, a, a woman holding a cell phone trying to take a picture of a lightning bolt. Now, everybody knows they move fairly quick. So, so Shannon is there, and she's with burst mode. And then finally, what'd you do? You took a... No, I, I just finally got it. So that's all. Like, I'm just... I, it took me, like, 3,000 pictures. But I finally... Uh, yeah, as one of the modes or something like that, it finally came through. Oh, okay, cool. So that added to the 80 trillion pictures she already has on her phone. I deleted all the rest of them now. All your pictures? So now you're down to, like, just, like... No, I deleted the 3,000 in burst mode that I took trying to get that one picture of lightning. <coughs> but it is epic. And okay. this is also for the scavenger hunt. This is also for the scavenger Shout hunt. Shout out to my Slytherin sisters. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, I got nothing. Hey, we won last year, so we're just, we're just going for it again. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we got a lot of news uh, to get to. and But I'm, I, so the first thing I want to talk about is the couple of instances over the past week or so, um, haven't had a chance to talk about it. it, really pissed me off. And that is one of the videos that I shared. If you just go on my Facebook page, um, you'll see the video of some drunk asshole, uh, basically trying to drunk asshole white, um, trying to pick a fight with uh, a brown man and his family that are going across. It looks like they're at the docks. Yeah, it's the Jack Layton Ferry Terminal. Right. Getting ready to go across to Toronto Island. So if everybody who's, who's not local... Uh, basically there's, there's Toronto and then just a, just a tick away on a ferry ride is a Toronto Island, super cool little place with the title airport there. And there's a place at Centerville for kids and all kinds of other shit. And so basically the video is this, this drunk white guy, um, trying to, to pick a fight with a, with a brown man. And I can't, I can't fucking believe how composed this man stays because, uh, yeah, you, well, you saw the video. Yeah, I was, I mean, shocked, not shocked. More and more of these things are happening. But I mean, as you said, I was really impressed and amazed at how calm, and it was kind of two men. It was a whole family. I mean, at one, at one moment, this guy's holding on to like a five-year-old's hand and the, the big drunk white guy is kind of coming at him, chest heaving and chest pumping and all this sort of stuff and bumping into him. And I mean, the only times there was any other contact made by the other family was I think kind of twice where he kind of put his hands on his chest and kind of gave him a little bit of a shove. Um, and the poor, you know, everyone else in the family, women, men, children are all trying to, they're calling 911. They're talking, trying to get them to calm down because they know (laughs) what's going to happen if they engage. Um, and then the saddest thing for me, really, is when the security guard arrived, she did nothing. Yeah, and the, I was less surprised by that because security guards aren't really empowered. 
Um, it's it's not like it's not like the people that I have where I work, where they have the capacity to actually to actually really do something. The typical security guard, it's it's like they make fun of it, but it's really just a security monitor. You know, they're all they're really there to do is to look like some kind of a deterrent and then call people with real authority if something actually happens. But I mean, to not even really in, in, uh, insert, and this is a woman, mm-hmm. not, not to really insert herself. Um, I guess I'm not overly surprised by that because this guy was out of, out of fucking control. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like, yeah, and he was saying dumb shit like, don't ask me. And he just caught onto this thing. Because because um, the the other man had said you know basically why are you doing this stuff like that and the guy hooked on to don't ask me questions in my province and he was just the guy's like I was it. born here like and and then the other man identified that, yeah, yeah I was born here too um, so that would that really pissed me off and then the other thing that I want to touch on just quickly is the horrible shooting uh, on the Danforth that happened a little more than a week ago now where sadly two people lost their lives and a bunch more were uh, were injured. And that was just that was just really sad, um, and I think I'd echo, I'm going to echo the sentiment that you that um, that you made, and we talked about just in private, sitting downstairs watching TV. We were we were glad that the police were able to find out that there were no ties in any way to any kind of terrorist organization, right? Um, which is a good thing. Um, the the man still had a a Middle Eastern sounding name. His last name, I believe, was Hussein. Mm-hmm. So but very much a random act and the the family of the man, of the man identified the fact that he did have some mental health concerns some significant mental health issues actually yeah, yeah. so which is it's i mean there's so many different layers of sadness and horrificness for lack of a better word rolled up into this one i mean the the stigma because of the man's name mm-hmm. and and his ethnicity the stigma now against mental health, you know, challenging people, you know, it's only, it's only crazy people that do these kinds of things. Um, from the sounds of things from his family, you know, he had tried on multiple occasions to get help. Medications hadn't worked. Therapy hadn't worked, et cetera. Um, and then two days later, you know, provincial government decides to take $390 million out of the mental health budget. Yeah. After seeing as part of their election promise that they were going to increase spending on mental health. So. Ford's our Trump. I mean, it's, it's, it's just level upon level upon level of of sadness and all those bad things. Mhm. Mhm. Well, that was fucking depressing. Yeah. So <laughs> so let's mo- let's move on to something uh that's not quite so depressing. Well, and all the all of our news is depressing because it all talks about the bullshit of religion. But um the first story that I wanted to touch on uh, was is uh, is interesting. So you know how and this, this almost ties into, I guess, the, the parallel that I want to draw is with, with 12-step programs like AA, they don't post their uh, uh, recidivism rates because mm-hmm. as long as you're in the program, then, it's, then the program's working, right? And so, you know, 12-step programs, and I'm not a fan of the 12 steps, of course, because they use God and all that other bullshit, but um, those 12-step programs, they're shown to be working because they don't ever post the people that fall off the wagon. Or go back to step one. Exactly. Step zero. Right. So, so the but so the church has decided the the church um, has decided it's it's not going to be outdone. So what they've started to to do is so there's this there's this trend uh, the nuns n o n e s is the fastest growing segment of the population. 
people who are now identifying as atheists, people who are identifying as non-believers, and some of those people try they they adopt the the term none, you know, not affiliated with with any none uh, of the above. Yeah, with uh, with any re- religious organization. So what the churches have done, or what many churches have done, to try to make them appear bigger than they are, is they've started re-baptizing people and posting those as new baptisms. So it's not uncommon within a, uh, within a religious setting, like within a church, to basically re-give yourself to Jesus. That's not an uncommon thing. Um, a lot of times, back, quote-unquote backsliders will say, oh, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I fucked up. Of course, they won't say that. Uh, I screwed up and I really want to, you know, I want to get my, I want to get baptized again because I want to, you know, show God. I want to make this public announcement to everybody of how, how serious I'm about this whole thing. And they get baptized again. And now what churches are doing is they're saying, Hey, we have another baptism and they're not really, well, it's, well, not really, they're being completely dishonest, but churches are good at that. Um, about how these numbers are, they're arriving at these numbers. Are these people who've been rebaptized into the same faith denomination? Yeah. So like I'm I'm I was baptized Anglican. Sure. Let's say I decided, you know, something happened, something weird happened to me. I got hit by lightning when I was trying, and all of a sudden I believed. Right. Um, and then so, we get and let's say I, I <laughs> let's say I want to be baptized United. Sure. Who counts that? Like, would the United Church count that as a yeah. baptism? Yeah. But I'm also talking about like something even more dishonest, where members of a congregation. So there's a congregation, right? You know, Blamo Baptist Church, in somewhere Tennessee, for example, and they have 500 members, mm-hmm. and three people get baptized, and they say now now we have 503. They don't really have 503, but they're counting those and they're submitting those statistics to. The you know the the governing bodies of these different church heads saying look how, you know look we're getting more people we're getting more people and then they're publishing those numbers and then they can say religions on the rise more people are getting baptized more people are finding their way to Jesus mm. and it's a completely dis- dishonest way of doing it. Um. So. Uh, this was this was brought to light, um, for, uh, by Right Wing Watch, which is a, a great website, um, and so basically one of the little. Uh, one of the little tidbits it says here is that uh, the, the guy's name is Tom, uh, Tom Rayner. He says, where have all the baptisms gone? Traditionally speaking, baptisms represent people, um, people in churches that give themselves uh, to Christ. Many Christians even think the baptism rate is an indication of how much their God approves of what they're doing. And they use this as like an outward thing. Hey, come to, come to my church. You know, look how many people we're baptizing, so on and so forth. Um, right-wing Christians often call a church um, with a good recruitment rate generative this is an internal term that they use oh they're generating more christians yeah yeah um and so this is this is being done in ways uh some of the other ways they're doing this is through overseas ministries mormons do this Mm -hmm. um mormons are are famous for baptizing uh the dead they're actually um the dead sure they do yeah there are people that sit in Salt Lake City, Utah, and go through death records. And then there are people who are, are, are ceremoniously baptized in their name, Mormon. Um, there, was a whole, there was a lawsuit filed against uh, the LDS Church because they were taking Holocaust victims 
and baptizing the Mormon. You didn't know this? I don't even understand. I can't even begin to comprehend how you could baptize a dead person. I mean, posthumously, posthumously baptizing the Mormon. Doesn't, doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose? Isn't it too little too late? No, not according to the Mormon faith. And that's why you need to read David Fitzgerald's book. Um, uh, a book of Mormon from the fuck. What was it called? Um, Oh shit, I'm losing it now. Anyway, look up, uh, go to, uh, you can go to the iTunes store or go to Amazon and look, to, uh, look up David Fitzgerald and it's, um, the shit. I'm totally, I'm totally fucking it up now. Anyway, type in David Fitzgerald Mormons and you'll see the book come up. Um, it's uh, super good and you sh- I, I have that. So you should read that and they talk about all this shit. Most of what I know about Mormons is from the Book of Mormon musical. Yeah, which was very funny. Mm-hmm. That w- that's that's my musical. That's like the only musical I've ever been able to drag you to in life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if they do, if they do another one, on a, making fun of an like if they did like one on J Dubs or something like that, mm. I'd go to that too. That because oh, that know. could be funny. All right, <sighs> let's move on to the next story. Um. So do you, do you know you know who Paul Paula White is, don't you? You've I know who Paula Dean is. Right, Paula. No, we're not talking about she's white chicken and biscuits. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about Paula White, who's Trump's spiritual advisor. Oh snap! Yeah. So um, she has some thoughts on the detainment of all these refugee children, uh, which we should mention the deadline is passed and nowhere 700 near seven hundred kids are still not. Yeah, nowhere and they've deported n- a lot of their parents. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Nowhere near all the kids uh, are back with their families the way they should be. Um, so. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> well, okay, we just have to um, just have to go through this. On the Christian Broadcast Network, uh, Rafi Schwartz interviewed uh, Paula White, and Paula White serves, as I said, a member of Trump's spiritual advisory committee. Um, and she she went on a tour of one of these child attainment centers in Bristow, Virginia, and she had. She had some thoughts. Quote, it is beyond phenomenal, White gushed. Not just, they just, not just that they get three square meals a day, but there's also psychiatric care, a clinician, medical care, a chapel, that's key, um, events, schooling, language, and... Sexual assault. Well, I, I was, well it's, it says love here, but you could probably leave, put sexual assault Seriously, in, in there, Seriously, did you too. see the thing about the, the toddler who had to basically sign an affidavit talking about the sexual abuse? Yep. And she can only sign her first initial D, and in brackets it says tender age? Yeah. Anyway. Zut allure. Yeah. Um, and, and then it got worse as she used the Bible to justify these, uh, these atrocities. Uh, quote, well, Jesus was a refugee. Yes. I, thought, oh, I love how they cherry-pick this stuff. Yep. Jesus was a refugee. He did leave in Egypt for three and a half years, but he was not illegal. If he had broken the law, then it would have been sinful, and he could not have been our Messiah. If we're, going to, if we're going to be compassionate, we have to have stricter border security laws, White said. Because nothing says compassion like get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. There's no room at the inn for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, wait. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that that was... Uh, Amazing how they can twist and turn all these things to work in their own 
favor. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so that that does Paula White is just I mean she's she's full blown fucking basket case. Mm. Pretty pretty unbelievable. Hey, so um, you know how good the food is at Chick Fil A, right? Oh, don't even get me started on Chick Fil A. So I had a massive thing. I'm actually surprised you haven't seen it. And I didn't draw your attention to it because I think I would have sat back and watched your head explode because I posted the article that the Globe and Mail did about Chick-fil-A coming to Canada. Mm-hmm. And I said, it'd be interesting to see how this plays out. You know, I shot my conscience and so I won't be spending any money there. Any place that has, a, you know, a broad based and, you know, shout from the rooftops homophobic agenda isn't going to be getting any of my money. Yeah. And so there were lots of people who agreed with me. And then there were people that didn't agree with me. And then there were people who like agreed with, anyway, it was, it was really interesting to watch kind of the, the different responses. Yeah. It's the same reason I won't shop at Forever 21. Same reason I won't shop at Hobby Lobby. Right. Exactly. All or I shows. won't get a membership ever at Curves. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Chick-fil-A. Now I have to praise the, an employee, not the organization. Um, because in, in a Texas Chick-fil-A, um, they now offer um, labor and delivery services. In the restaurant? Well, it wasn't, intend- it wasn't an intentional thing. But basically, there was a baby born in a restroom at Chick-fil-A in Texas. And, well, there, we have audio. So let's just play the audio for this one. Okay. It's, it's, uh, Hopefully it's-, it's not audio of this woman giving birth. Oh! Oh! <laughs> no, it's not. That was unnecessary. Yeah. Um, okay. Here, here's our here's our our audio. New at six, Chick Fil A has always been their favorite place to chow down, but clearly not the place they choose to deliver their baby. But that's exactly what happened. Robert and Fallon Griffin tell our Courtney Friedman the amazing story of their daughter's surprise birth and how they made it through together. Three-day-old Graceland Griffin is one lucky little nugget. Her parents bought her this chick. So, um, there's a, if, if, as if the whole thing with Chick-fil-A isn't bad enough, the, the picture of this baby, like, cause there's video that goes along with this. She's wearing a little, uh, like a little onesie that says lucky nugget on it. It's a whole Chick-fil-A thing. And Graceland. Fucking, to their own. That's a stupid fucking name. Chick-fil-A outfit three months ago, never knowing how appropriate it would be. This really happened. This is, how is this my life right now? Tuesday night, Fallon Griffin began intense contractions, so she and her hubby, Robert, headed to University Hospital. On the way, dropping off their two older daughters with a family friend. They met in the parking lot of the Chick-fil-A on 281 in Evans. The store was closed, but Fallon begged the staff to use the bathroom. It's happening. It's happening. I didn't know I was going to have a baby in there. I was going to the restroom. By the time she made it to the bathroom, baby Graceland was ready to make a grand entrance. I'm about to dial 911. I open the door, and then she's just screaming. Manager Brenda Enriquez yelled for Robert, and that's when Dad became doctor. We're going to do something great, but we're going to do it right here, and we're going to do it right now. And I just had no I had no hesitation. Shocking, since both mom and baby were extremely high risk during the entire pregnancy. I stopped her at her shoulders because I saw what looked to be like a white collar around her neck mm-hmm. and it was the cord had been wrapped around her neck twice he managed to get it off saving his daughter's life i delivered her at 10 30 so strange to me to hear sorry <laughs> my husband delivered my baby no so i just stopped it at that 
um, hey, sweetie, your husband didn't deliver your baby, delivered the baby that belongs to both of you, you selfish bitch. And then maybe 10, a little bit less than 10 minutes, the uh, um, EMS and EMT were here. Mom and baby now healthy at the hospital. Now, uh, I stopped it just before, kind of the, um, the piece de resistance. Um, what do you think, what do you think Chick-fil-A did as a res- in, in response to this? Uh, nuggets for life. Well, that's a good guess. Or gave them the, you know, the bill to clean the bathroom. Uh, you were closer with your first guess. Hang on. This crazy story ends with some crazy perks, too. Graceland will now have Chick-fil-A for life. Ha! She's guaranteed her first job here at age 14. We're here at Chick-fil-A in Stone Ridge. Courtney Friedman, KSAT 12 News. So free, free chicken for life mm. and a job. Luckily, she's white. So that helps. Yeah. Hopefully she's straight by then, too. Otherwise, Otherwise she's they'll fucked. have to take that back. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I thought that that was, was, was interesting, though. The whole, but the, the tweaked me, the whole, gave birth to my baby. You're very sensitive about these things. Uh, I think rightly so. I think right. rightly so. It takes two it, people to make a baby. It could just be a, a slip of the tongue. Like, it could be a would-wouldn't kind of thing, right? Nope. She could have said my instead of our. Nope. Um, so that was interesting. So Apparently um, we're not talking about that anymore. That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on to uh, our next story. So you, you're, you know who Rachel Maddow is, right? Yes. Crazy smart. Uh, she, has a, she has a PhD. I don't know what it's in, but she has a PhD. Um, and she's also on uh, uh, MSNBC. MSNBC. Well, apparently Rachel Maddow has something else going on. And... Christian TV host Rick Wiles has warned his... Yes, it is MSNBC. Warns his followers that Rachel Maddow is preparing to lead a bloody coup to overthrow the Trump administration. Where do I sign up? Um, Okay. So here's... uh, Have have you heard... uh, She holds a doctorate in politics from Oxford University. Yeah. That ain't bad. Crazy smart lady. Crazy mm. smart. Mm. All right. Here's, uh, here's Mr. Wiles. And we showed you uh, CIA agent, homosexual Anderson Cooper on CNN. CIA agent. Did you know that Anderson Cooper worked for the CIA? No, but I suppose he wanted to keep it that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, well. And well, over on... The other communist news channel, MSNBC, they have another homosexual, Rachel Maddow. You see, America, you've been homosexualized. Have you been homosexualized? Yes, and I've loved every minute of it. <laughs> Some of my favorite people are homosexual. Like, I mean, come on, that's just ridiculous. Well, you have to consider the source. Rick Wiles is special. Well, I mean, when he starts... You've been Judaized. I'm going to just tell you the way it is, okay? Your, your minds have been captured. You're no longer a Christian nation. Even the Christians don't think like Christians anymore. Right? That'll agree with. Yeah. Been, the, the, well, so, so, I have zero qualms with that statement. Yeah, but that's also, that's also, that's the no true Scotsman. Because if anybody does something that they don't agree with, well, they're not a real Christian, right? So, so Rick Wiles will look at anybody who does something different than he does. Oh, that's not a real Christian because a real Christian wouldn't do that. So anything atrocious... Uh, Timothy McVeigh, 
right? Mm. The Oklahoma City bomber, mm-hmm. professed Christian, but he wasn't a real Christian. Look no. at what he did. Right. He never would have done that if he had Jesus in his heart. Mm. Fucker. Judaized, you've been homosexualized, you've been, you've been Babylonianized, your minds have been tainted. But have you been jazzercised? <laughs> Prancercised. <laughs> yeah. You don't even think like a Christian anymore. And so Rachel Maddow, she was spewing out last night. Here we go. Calls for revolution. That's exactly right. Calls to remove the president of the United States. She was telling the left, take a deep breath. We're at that moment. It's coming. We're at that moment. We're almost there. We're going to remove him from the White House. But isn't it, isn't it funny how it is far more, far more often the people on the right are the crazy fucking NRA gun nuts. Don't take away my guns, don't take away my guns. And the whole idea behind the Second Amendment was to have a well-regulated militia in case they have to overthrow the government. A tyrannical government. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, um, uh, um, America... Interstage left. uh, America... You, you, what you have right now is you have your, have you seen me go into the Southern? Or I heard have. me? Yeah. I, I, um, yeah. You have a tyrannical government now in Washington. And, and so you, you should just, you should get on with that removal of that government. Friends, I think we're about 72 hours, possibly 72 hours. So this time already passed. prepared that you're going to turn on television and see helicopters hovering over the roof of the White House with men clad in black repelling down ropes entering into the White House. Be prepared for a shootout in the White House as Secret Service agents shoot commandos coming in to arrest President Trump. Is Gerard Butler in this one? I swear I've seen this one already. Yeah. It was and, really good. And, and then they made another version of it with someone else who I don't remember. But and it was then there the was a London one too. The, there was a London one. Yeah. There's um, Olympus down or Yeah, Olympus has fallen. White House down, Olympus has fallen. Yeah. Gerard and Butler. Plus, aren't the command aren't the commandos in the army? Like in the army and shit? And isn't the the president the commander in chief of all the armed forces? Well, but these are guys in black, man. These are these are, you know, what What if they're black guys in black? Woof. That's just pushing it. Yeah. That's how close we are to revolution. Good. That's what Tracy Chapman thought. Mm. Be prepared for a mob. A mob. A leftist mob. To t- so just move to the right and you'll be yeah. fine. Because they're just going to keep going on to the left. Like NASCAR. The yeah. The fence of the White House. And go into the White House and drag him out with his family and decapitate them on the lawn of the White House. Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> That's intense. <laughs> he thinks Rachel Maddow's going to do this? That's right. I'm going to have bad dreams tonight. Yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty funny. Though. That's pretty funny. So that's, um, that's what Rick Wiles thinks. So I recorded that audio on Wednesday past. So the, time, so the timeline's already gone. And I'm pretty sure Trump is not decapitated. I'm pretty sure. Probably be like one of those chickens. You know, they talk about the chickens still running around with their head cuts off, heads yeah. cut off. Yeah. yeah. He'd probably still suck yeah. up to Russia with his head cut off. Yeah. 
So, okay, uh, that, um, but sticking in the vein of like, Anderson Cooper, who's gay, Rachel Maddow, who's gay, um, so there's a, a Christian activist. Her name is Star Parker. And she, she's figured out that the B in LGBT actually stands for something way more sinister than it does. And uh, we have audio for this, too. You love your audio now. I do. I do. This is, uh, this is good. So, okay. So, for the record, the B stands for... Bisexual. Right. Or, or does it? Or does it? ...up against with this now new spirit of trans. And what's really interesting is they keep pushing out this idea, LGBTQ. Okay, we did the L and the G. They, they legalized marriage for themselves. We did the... We're doing the T now, the trans. And this is a big, big challenge in our society right now. They did the Q, where they're changing... It's, it, it's only a challenge because you fuckheads just won't accept that people are people and love is love. And uh, is it more complicated than that? No. Yeah. In all of us, the textbooks, even as low as kindergarten, to reflect that you don't know what you are, you're questioning. But notice they skipped over the B. And there are some that say that this B is going to bombard us with real vileness. You better in hold on to your chair. And get what they want because it's not about bisexuality, it's about bestiality. Huh. And so, therefore, we need to be aware of these things and we need to start fighting them now. And we battle in the voting booth. As a society, we do not want to take up arms like the... Yeah, remember that. Remember that. The the voting booths. Because because come October, there's going to be some revolution. Here's hoping anyway. November. Just trying to provoke us to do right now. We want to battle in the voting booths so that we can get the law, the public square, back in order with the scriptures. Mm. Uh, you're not saying, though, that officially the B in LGBTQ stands for bestiality. It still stands for bisexuality, but you're saying that some are using it in that way. We're almost we out of time, know, by the way. We, no, we don't know, because okay. remember, they said that the Q meant question meant, meant queer that they were just mocking oh i see themselves. now it means and we question. found out that yeah. no that it didn't when we moved to that point to legalize now trans they moved to the point to where every textbook has to be rewritten because it didn't really mean q queer it meant q questioning and that's why now if you send your kid to these government schools uh they're going to learn in kindergarten that it's okay to question your sexuality so what I find, I just stop for a second there, because one of the things that I find interesting when you send them to their those government schools, <laughs> because so everywhere in the U.S., the U.S. is petrified of the word social, socialize anything, right? That's why they're afraid of socialized medicine, you know. Even though there's tons of things that are already socialized, right? Nine one one, all these, you know, schools, libraries, roads, uh, all these things are already socialized. But but this woman, part of this woman's agenda although I can't say it for certain, I'm pretty sure is, you know, a la Betsy DeVos, charter schools, vouchers to send their kids to Christian schools. And that's what she says, you know, you know those, those state-run, those government, those government schools, right? Mm-hmm. Because in a Christian school, all they're going to say is, oh, LGBT, that's code for spawn of Satan. That, and it probably won't go a lot farther than that what they mean by B. What we do know through the studies of Ryan Anderson from uh, the fellow at the Heritage Foundation is that they are... Heritage Foundation. So anytime anytime Heritage or Family appears in the name of an organization in the U.S., Mm. it's 
it's really, it's not even seeker code for crazy fucking religious wingnut. Already in Washington trying to rewrite laws to where marriage laws are no longer about wedlock, they're about wed lease. Uh, instead <laughs> of having monogamy, they want monogamish. And the other one is instead of couples, they want throuples. So we do know that there's an agenda. Um, and we do know that there has been discussion about bestiality uh, in their closed doors. Then how the fuck would you know about it? She's so proud of her little terminologies. <laughs> but how the she fuck worked, would you? She worked really hard on those. Thruples. Thruples. <laughs> she worked hard coming up with that. I bet you she sat there with a glass of wine and a dictionary and a thesaurus and went through and said, okay, which words can I make rhyme? Yeah. Like, she, you know that she needed to get all three of those out before getting off the air yeah. with whomever she was talking to. But what's really funny is, is also secret meetings. How does yep. she? How does she know about it? Behind then? closed doors. Yeah. Jesus was there and told her. Oh, okay, okay. Mm. So I'm just saying that don't be surprised if we find out that that B is not what they've said publicly. That we just love each other. That it may in law show up as something else. So watch out, everybody, because it's not bisexual. It's secretly I want to fuck a goat or something like that. Um. Really? Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, there was all these, because um, my heritage is Scottish, right? So there, there was all this talk about how, you know, all of the, the goat herders and stuff like that, oh, you know, they'd pull their kilts up and they'd have their way with the goats and shit like that. And I was like, that's fucking gross. But um, I, I guess this is an agenda now. This is a real thing. Everybody has their thing. Um. And it's interesting. Something we should talk about for a second is, I mean, so the ter- the question of morality always ends up being brought into these types of things. And one of the things I love is uh, Tracy Harris, who's one of the hosts of the athe- the Atheist Experience. She always says, you know, that the the difference between the uh, or the the fundamental difference when you're talking about morality when it comes to you know when it comes to sex and things like that is consent. Right. And she she goes beyond that. She's like enthusiastic and says like, yeah, let's fucking do this. Like, let's fuck. Mm. Um, because, you know, the, the, that's like, you know, yay. And everybody's on the same page and there's never any there's never any vagueness involved in the whole thing, you know. But you can't a goat, you know, or a dog or a cat. They can't consent at all. Doesn't matter how much your dog is wagging its tail when how, you come home. Doesn't we, mean it wants to fuck you. How are we even having this conversation? Because or why? It's, like I. Because of this, because of the insanity that this woman is spewing. Yeah, but she's just one person. I can't imagine that there are a bunch of other people out there that think the B stands for bestiality. Well, um, we're going to, I'm going to research that and we're going to talk about it again. All right. And that means we'll have to have you back again. Oh, yay. Let's bring Shannon back to talk about bestiality. <laughs> well, there you go. You started this. This week on a very special episode. <laughs> That's right. It'd be like one of your dumbass reality TV shows. It's like, you know, it's like uh, never, I've uh, never seen before or some other, whatever the fuck they say. The most that. dramatic conclusion uh, yeah. ever. That's awesome. Bachelorette finale tomorrow night, love. You can't oh, say. Oh no, it's only the men tell You can't say that word on this podcast. Bachelorette. That's a, that's a, that's a demon. That's a <laughs> demon speaking. Um, so you know who Jim Baker is. Sure do. Right. He's, uh, he's got part of our next story. Um, so, Tom Horn was on uh, was on Jim Baker's Bucket Show, and they were talking about all of Donald Trump's critics, 
And of which there are many. Yes, but they're all loony. Sure. Yep. Here we go. Now it's become nasty. Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Sarah Huckabee. Mm-hmm. That's right. And and uh, brilliant. She's brave. Mm. She's brave she's to brilliant. do that. She's brave. The thing she's saying is, you know, what is it going to be when if you're, you know, if you're going to if you vote for Trump or something, you have to hide it mm-hmm. in America. It, you know, th- this this is not right. And, well, what you know, talking? all through, but all through the election, this is something that it's just really bothered me. You know, I don't put a lot of bumper stickers on my car. I mean, I just don't don't ever do that. But there's times when I have and and. If I feel really strong about a president, I'll put a bumper sticker on, you know. But I will not put a Trump stuck sticker on. Not that I don't love Trump, because you know very well I've stuck my neck out for Trump. Uh-huh. But I know that if I put a bumper sticker on my car, somebody's going to key it. Well, you're a target. That's the, right. The incivility, the incivility right. of what we're seeing right now. And the reason I mentioned, um, you know, Mrs. Waters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is because I, I, in my lifetime, I don't remember a time where uh, an acting congresswoman or a senator or whatever would literally publicly call for the president and his supporters to become a target. Exactly. It's very dangerous. Right. And by the way, when Trump said that, you know, she's moving into dangerous waters or needs to be careful or whatever, he's not making a threat. So they're, they're well, referencing Maxine not. Waters. I know. Yeah. Yeah, but then again, you know, have you ever seen a president cozy up this much with Russia, you know, dismiss its own intelligence community, negotiate with a known enemy of state, dismiss NATO, or, you know, agree or say they have no issues with sexually assaulting women, paying off porn stars? Well, that's okay, but don't ever say publicly to stand back and, you know, publicly shame people if they're supporting him. Yeah. Heaven forbid. Yes. Against her, he's saying, you know, that the, there can be repercussions. People yes. can get hurt. The next time, you know, uh, Huckabee's uh, daughter might not get thrown out of a restaurant; she could get shot or something terrible. That's right. So we need. We the Democrats the aren't the players. ones who do if the we- shooting. This is what they have to remember. The reason they're thinking this way is because that's usually how the right wing people react. And that's why Trump is so safe, because the lefties usually aren't the ones who care so much about the guns, who have the guns, who do the shooting kind of things and who actually take. What do they do? Oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. You can't eat here tonight. That's about (laughs) the extent the left takes their civil disobedience and outrage. I'm sorry, ma'am. We've brought you your appetizers and now you're you're going to have to leave that's civil disobedience on the left it's not charlottesville it's not showing up with tiki torches and mowing someone down in your car that's kind of the right and how they decide to do the things i love you so much jesus yeah that's exactly right so that's that's a big concern now why part of this is happening uh, again is prophetic the evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse Derek's next, next book is called The Last Clash of the Titans but the idea is that you have one of my favorite movies of all time Clash of the Titans so good we may have to watch that tonight. no not happening we could do that no we can totally do no, that no we are watching Orange is the New Black you've already agreed to it but Clash no, of the Titans. I am not watching Clash of the Titans. It's a good one. Because then you spin out into Conan the Barbarian, and then we get into this crazy loop. Oh. Stop it. You're getting me hot all, all hot. Oh, my God. Of the four 
forces of good and the forces of evil moving towards Armageddon. Uh, and so there is this spirit of agitation that is in the air. It's demonic. Right. It's satanic. Satan hates anything that has to do with God. He hates this president because of the stand that he's taken. Donald Trump's approval rating is going up. <laughs> they hate him so much that it's driven them to a point of madness. It, it right, really right? has. It really has. They're clinically insane. Jesus. They really are. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love so much. I love mm. Jim Baker's new wife. Because, and that's the whole thing. That's why they like, mm-hmm, that's right. I miss Tammy Faye. Well, I think, no, they're not married anymore. I know, that's what I'm saying. I miss she, and I'm pretty sure Tammy Faye Baker did. Maybe. All I know is that in... in she in, drowned in Isla in, 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 in mascara. Yeah, exactly. In first year university, I took um, religion for a new generation course at Laurentian. That's hot. And it was, no, it was amazing. And it was my humanities elective because I was doing a social science degree. And... Um, it was it was the most amazing course because it was taught so well. It covered everything from like Wiccanism to the Vatican II to everything. There were six movies that we had to watch that included like Inherit the Wind, so the Scopes Monkey Trial, right. Field of Dreams, Jesus Christ Superstar. Anyway, it was cool. But we one of the sections was on TV evangelism, and so we had to actually come in and do like a skit performance. And so I got to be Tammy Faye Baker. I've never worn so much makeup in my life, but it literally was like the highlight of my my improv experience ever. That's super cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then I know because this is fun. Um, I actually, one of the things that I have on my resume because I took that class from a thousand years ago is uh, I won the George Hartman Memorial Prize for Biblical Literature and History. Wow. Because I got the highest mark of a first year student on any religious studies exam. That's and it was, yeah, that's cool, right? That's, that's ironic, that's, but, uh, <laughs> and the reason I got such a high mark was because we had to answer a question about one of the movies, and one of them was um, Jesus Christ Superstar, and I did the play in high school, so I knew every word, so I could easily quote it yeah. all. I've back. never seen that. <gasps> it's a musical, you wouldn't like it. Actually, you might like it, because it's um, no. all, like, religion and stuff. I wouldn't like it. <sighs> the only musical that I can kind of stomach is Wizard of Oz. And Sound of Music. Oh, yeah, okay. That's because my mom liked it so much. Well, maybe your mom liked Jesus Christ Superstar and you just never talked about it. <laughs> yeah, that's un. It's all, like, based in the likely. 70s and stuff. It's kind of fun. I would, no, Star Wars is the 70s. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is the other part of the 70s. That's I the think part you I should watch about. it. I am, um, no. After, after Clash of the, of the Titans. Titans. No. After Clash oh my of God. the Titans. I, we have to watch Superstar first, and then I have a couple beers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my little piss tank. <sighs> okay. Um, so moving on to our last audio clip. Um, this is... <laughs> just when you think, just when you're pretty sure that these crazy fucking religion nuts can't be any crazier, then... Mark Taylor cuts in. Mark Taylor, that could be anybody. Well, um, <laughs> um, I, okay, um, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna set it up and say what they even start to talk about. I'm just gonna play it. It's, it's two minutes and 25 seconds of gold. Absolute fucking gold. You gonna play the whole thing? Yep. All right. And when it happens, by the way, the powers of darkness and spiritual realm are going to really fit, aren't they? I mean, we're going to see we're the... We're having a fit now. Well, we're going to see a lot more finishness. Uh, I honestly think 
when I saw the face of this guy, um, you know, as I say, I have a spiritual gift. I could actually tell you the name of the sukibai and inkibai inside Peter Strzok, who's an individual of clay and iron. That's, that's my ministry, by the way. It's called Clay and Iron Ministries. And God said, someday I'll make you understand what it is. This is back in the early 90s when he gave me clay and iron and a portion of Armageddon face down on my concrete and God dictated it to me. And now I know what it is. So this guy is is literally, is literally saying he's laying face down on a concrete floor and God is dictating to him about what his ministry is going to be. What it's going to be called? Yeah. Clay and iron. Um, there was something else there about abortion? Yeah, but it can't be, see, iron, because if you, like, um, so just uh, do a quick Google search, uh, Bible verse iron chariots, and you'll find out that chariots made of iron are one thing that God has no power over. That's your homework for tonight. Individuals like uh, Peter Strzok and Hillary Clinton, these are people of clay and iron. Clay being human flesh and iron being the transdimensional entity that's inside them. They're being avatared like a video game, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. These are not just normal human beings, your brothers and sisters. These are brothers and sisters that are totally taken over by evil. Yeah, I, I, I'm not, I, these people are not human. No. They're not. People say, well, they look like human. Yeah, that's like uh, buying a toy from China that's toxic. If your kid touches it, they're going to die. These people like Peter Strzok, when I saw him screwing up his face and leaning forward and making his eyes look really dark, I'm thinking, whoa, we're not hearing a person talk. We're hearing a demonic entity talk through his mouth. It's disgusting. And it's like so arrogant. It's like... It kind of, it almost sounds like he's drunk. Like he's slurring his words a bit. Like maybe he's drunk. Maybe it's the ambient. Maybe he's got Roseanne Barr disease. <laughs> Don't you know that we know that you're caught? It's like catching a kid that's got his arm in the full cookie jar. He's got cookie, cookie jars all the <laughs> way from his wrist straight to his neck. And he still lies and tells you that he's not eating your cookies in the cookie jar. Mama, I didn't do it. I didn't eat the last cookie. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and, and again, you're sitting, uh, it's like it's almost like the protesters seeing now protests. These demonstrations are demonstrations. Yeah, oh. you got, yeah, demonstrations. You're so brilliant, demonstrations. That's what they would, but uh, Mad Maxine, her lower jaws moving like one of those Muppets from the Muppet World, you know. To make sure they know they're not welcome. I'm thinking this is a gas station, this is a restaurant. You're not welcome in a gas station. You got to be kidding. Yeah, again, they're, they're flailing around, they're demonstrations, these are demons that are manifesting, and these people think their time is short. They know their time is short. I gotta give them credit for demonstrations, so that's that's funny. Yeah, that's pretty epic. That's, yeah, that's good. Yep. So yeah, child-eating demons. Hillary Clinton. Well, she had But that, her emails! But well, no, she had that whole thing going in the pizza place, right? They were selling kids, oh. so maybe they were cooking some up too. Maybe. Right? Because. Pepperoni. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Tammy boy. Faye Baker is dead. Tammy she, Faye, yeah. She, she died did. 11 years ago. Really? On July 22nd, in fact. Really? She was 65 when she died. Well, I kind of don't care. Oh, but she died from colon cancer. That's sad. At 65. Yeah, but she spent, well, she's, she spent so much time talking out of her ass that maybe it got the best of her. Dude. No, I'm serious. She made a fucking living out of lying to people. Yep. And that's that's horrific. So, I don't feel bad about that. Um, 
so the uh, the next story that we have here, we've only got two, we've only got two left, and I want to end on kind of a silly, a silly note. So this one I thought was pretty interesting. This one is from the National Catholic Reporter. So I'm going to give this one story to your dad when when we're done. Okay. So I'll just read a little bit of it. It says, um, supporting women is key to the pro-life agenda. I found this interesting. Much is being made of both sides of the abortion debate over the nomination of Judge Brent Kavanaugh, who's fucking crazy. Yep. Uh, to the U.S. Supreme Court. At this point, it's difficult to imagine Kavanaugh won't be an associate justice before the midterms take place. I agree. Um, moreover, in the hearings leading up to his Senate, uh, to his Senate confirmation, uh, he will do everything possible to make sure uh, that things like Roe v. Wade, the 1973 Supreme Court uh, decision that made it legal for women to have abortions, is overturned. Um, some say it's time to leave abortion regulation up to individual states and their voters. Right. I, I've always had a problem with it. I've always had a problem with, because in Canada, if it's federal law, like if it's law, in, that, that's it. it. Coast to coast, there's no such thing. But because, and so many people get this mixed up, like, oh, the U.S. is a democracy. No, it's not a democracy. It's a democratic republic. And these, in, I, I don't understand where state law can, can quote unquote, heh, Trump. Uh, federal law. It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't compute. Um, wh- and what that's going to what that's going to see if you start leaving things like abortion up to states, then the but then the Bible Belt will become basically abortion free. Yeah. And you're going to see so many. You're going to see women dying. Um, it, it's just going to turn into a, a horrible state of affairs. Um. Uh, Okay, the majority of American Catholics who support the right for women to make a choice, which I, which I, is not a thing, um, but this is the way NCR likes to uh, try to spin things, says that leaving it up to the states is the right thing uh, to do. No matter, and then it goes on, no matter where one falls in this issue, one thing must be kept in mind. Criminalize, I found this interesting as a bit of like revelation from a, from a Catholic news source. Criminalizing abortion will not stop the procedure from occurring. Women who have been seeking to end uh, to end unintended pregnancies and have been doing so since the beginning of time. Stories of back alley abortions and the use of um, uh, the ugly image of coat hangers um, prevailed in people's minds for decades leading up to the Roe decision. Uh, many of the gynecologists who fought for legal access to the procedure did so because they witnessed several of these botched abortions end up in their emergency rooms. Mm-hmm. Criminalizing abortion will create a black market. Yep. Which I also think is true. Um, it'll create it for the procedures themselves, also for things like the day after pill. If that happens, who's to say where these drugs may be made, what drugs may be used, how safe they'll really be, and it'll put women's health at risk. So that's all very enlightening for an organization that still wants to say, don't have an abortion. Right. Um, the, the Catholic Church is famous for saying that condoms cause AIDS, which is, it can't, there can't be anything less true, mm-hmm. except maybe the existence of a God, than that. And so, on one hand, it's like, wow, that's really, really enlightened. It's like, what, you're fucking contradicting what you know, the, the organization is, and you're being hypocritical. You went to Catholic school. I did. What, what kind of stuff, so when you're taking 
health. Like, mm-hmm. did you take a health thing? Was that a thing? It was split with gym and religion. Okay. So what did, okay. So when it came to that kind of stuff, what did you talk about? And um, how the fuck did nuns know any different? Well, there weren't that many nuns at our school anymore. They weren't necessarily teaching. There was only two or three at the time. Our principal was a nun. She was fantastic. Um, a lot of it, uh, was the, the parts that I remember anyway, were mostly about sexually transmitted diseases. Um, I'll never forget them talking about, you know, different venereal diseases, quote unquote, you could get and some of the symptoms being a thick, cheesy discharge. Like this is what I learned in, right? This is what I learned in Catholic school health class. Um, I will tell you that we had the highest teen pregnancy rate. Yep. Now I would say even as a percentage, I went to an all girls school. So if you just looked at the number of teen pregnancies, then yes, it would, chances are it would be higher at our school just because we were all female. Yeah. But I still think the percentage was even higher. Is that you know necessarily correlated to the fact that it was a Catholic school and there was no education on sex ed? There was no you know yeah. talk about being on the pill. I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't even begin to to know. Um, I don't know. I don't know anyone. I don't remember anyone telling me that they had an abortion in high school. Okay. I'm sure there were girls that did. There were other people I know that had kids, and you know they're you know, almost 30 years old now. Right. I'm 45. So yeah, I'm about to be 45, crazy. right? So yeah. um, I don't remember a lot about it. But I, I, again, one of the things that always kind of ticked me off back in the day was you had to take religion all the way through to grade 12, hmm. which meant you had to take gym all the way through to grade 12. Right. I, I didn't want to take either all the way through to <laughs> anything. And I would much rather have taken any other course, but because you had to take religion to grade 12, right. then I also had to do, it was, as I said, it was split with gym. And then the gym portion was split in half for health. Okay. So that was as much as we got in one semester. And did they do biologically accurate stuff? Like, did they, do you show the cross sections of penises and vaginas and, and ovaries and shit like that? I'm going to say yes, but I don't remember, but mm. I don't, um, I don't, I don't remember. I, that, I would assume so. Cause that brings into, that brings in the whole thing, you know, with now Ford, uh, wanting to fuck with the, the yeah. sex curriculum, right. Yeah. In Ontario, there have been, uh, one little update. Did you see that the fact that, um, there have been a couple, like th- I think it's three or four school boards that have said, we're not going back to that. Right. And I think that's brilliant. Well, and I think the, the latest thing that just came out was Christine Elliott saying that it's okay for individual teachers to talk to still basically deliver the core fundamentals of this in private with students. And the teachers are like, that's not creepy at all. Um, are you fucking kidding me? One, uh, talking to any student in high school behind closed doors has the capacity, especially imagine if you're a male teacher exactly, and you're trying to have these conversations with female students. No. (laughs) Um, and then, so if you're, and the people that often they're saying the kids that need this information the most are the ones who aren't going to come forward. Right. Especially on their own. Uh, so that's just, it's just rife with concern. Yeah. So I, I just, I found the whole thing interesting. We know that abstinence only doesn't work. Right. Um, and you mentioned that, you know, the high teen uh, pregnancy rates and stuff like that, uh, issues with, um, uh, infections and diseases, all that other stuff. And when you, the other part of it is when you, when you tell a kid not to do something, especially a teenager, they're going to want to do it even more. Yep. I remember, and I've mentioned this before on the podcast. I remember my mom having conversations with my sisters 
And I remember, I remember this vividly. Mm -hmm. And the only thing, because my my mom was never taught anything. She grew up in the you know at the latter end of the of the depression. She wasn't told anything. And as and being brought up Catholic, it was just well, you just don't do it. Yeah. And what she said to one of my, I don't remember which sister she said it to, but what she said was, "Don't do anything unless you can do it." holding an aspirin between your knees. Oh my. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, having balloons at school dances to make, to put them between them. Yeah. To leave, room, make, for the to Holy leave room for the Holy spirit. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's, you know, because the whole thing is, well, you can't have, you know, vaginal intercourse. If you're holding an aspirin between your knees, you can still get bent over and fucked up the ass, I guess. But mm. you know, and, uh, you may have the thunderous grip on, you know, on that aspirin with your knees. But, and so, yeah, the, the whole sex ed thing, is just is is bad and tying it back into the uh, into the abortion thing you you can't uh i'm i am genuinely scared you know kavanaugh will be confirmed i have exceedingly little doubt of that and that'll make everything six three that goes through goes through the supreme court Mm -hmm. make everything six three and so that's genuinely scary um but I, I took issue with the National Catholic Reporter, you know, being so, oh, well, you know, we're, we're being so forward thinking on this and, you know, leave, leave access to it. But because you're just, you're being hypocritical, at least have the courage of your convictions and say, we don't want people to have abortions. Full stop. All right. Mm. <sighs> well, we just crested an hour. Oh, boy. See, time flies when you're having fun. Sure does. This leads us to our last story. Okay. So we have to find a way to somehow make this last 27 minutes and 35 seconds. Why? Because we always go an hour and a half. We do not have to go an hour and a half. <laughs> you, you were like, oh, you didn't <laughs> listen to the podcast. Yeah, because I could watch a feature length film in the time it takes you guys to record an episode. Yeah. We love what we do. Okay. And so do lots of people. That's great. Yeah. So um, here's our, our last story. Um, what Does it? Okay. Okay. I'm just going to read the headline. Baptist Church kicks out members who skipped out on attendance and tithes. Bye, Felicia. Yeah. There are some Christian churches that, ad- that advertise themselves as a place for sinners or say that no perfect people are allowed. Um, Cave City Baptist Church in Kentucky, no less, however, is very different. Anyone who has sinned or has not come to church in a week or hasn't given their expected amount of tithing money isn't welcome anymore. Um, Reverend Ryan Browers sent a letter to a member, Jason Pedigo, who then posted it on Facebook. And there's the letter. Mm. So this is, so you have to kind of Imagine this, basically, uh, church letterhead, Cave City Baptist Church, and it says, um, pursuing the glory of God through the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is dated July 16th, 2018. Dear friend. Oh, they can't even personalize it? No. How many of these letters are they sending out that they can't even write, dear Jason? Yeah. Cave City Baptist Church cherishes you as a member in its fellowship. Some circumstances have kept you from performing your duties as defined in the bylaws of the Cave City Baptist Church. 
Quote, members are expected, first of all, to be faithful in all their duties essential to the Christian life and also to attend habitually the services of his, capitalized, Jesus' church. To give regularly its support and to its causes and to share in its organized work. This letter is to inform you that your name has been removed from the membership roll from Cave City Baptist Church. It is our sincere hope that you are living a life of faith. A life of faith is certainly more than having your name on a membership list. It is about worshiping. It is about studying God's word, serving the name, serving in the name of Christ, and receiving the nourishment of the Lord's Supper. It is about gathering regularly with others, brothers and sisters of the faith, and that is important. Please feel free to contact us should you have any question. The doors of the Cave City Baptist Church will always be open for you. God bless you, Reverend Ryan Browers and Reverend Stephen Wilson. Damn. Yeah. On the one hand, I'm like, well, if the people knew going in that these were the parameters, then they can't bitch about it if they don't live up to it. I, I'm blown away by the fact that a church has a set of bylaws. Why? That just floors me. Why? Come, worship, leave some money, go home. I, I've never heard... I've never heard of a church having, like, is this the kind of thing where it'll have, like, bylaws posted? You know, like, you know, you, you go into a place that says, you know, like, one of the things that always stuck in my mind is TTC, Toronto Transit Commission, for everybody who's not local. Um, they always had no smoking, TTC bylaw number one, right? And you could go to the TTC's now website. It was actually posted right in every subway car. Right. Um, so, you know, you can't do that here, right? But it just, it kind of blows me away that a church would have bylaws. Well, and they have a Who wrote the bylaws? Group. Well, there's probably a committee of the church Jesus. and they approve it and they have to make changes by committee and get them approved by the board. And they probably have a whole structure like that. I mean, I don't know how big it is. I don't know how many people are get, trying to get in. I don't know how many people are, you know, trying to get themselves out. <laughs> um, yeah, but there's a part of me that's just like, if you knew this going in, if they made it clear to you going in, if you accepted those terms when you went in and you broke those terms, go find yourself another church. Well. I'm blo- I'm blown away by the whole by that by that whole thing there. Mm-hmm. You ain't you know it's like, it's like, it's like you know bitch better have my money. Yeah, well, and it's also like these are the rules, you know, either pay up or shut up. And ship crazy. out. Crazy, it's mm-hmm. crazy. And what if the person is? Now, I mean, you have no idea what this guy's situation. No, there's no is, context. Right? I mean, it, like I said, it says dear friend. There's no context. Obviously, I, I, my, the fact that it says dear friend and there's no context. There's no, you know, you haven't been here for three weeks. You haven't tithed for two weeks. Like, there's nothing in there specific telling the individual what they've done. So chances are very good that this is something they pump out on a rather frequent basis. It's possible. Like yeah. this is just the letter that they send all the time. Um, which yep. leads me to believe, A, they have a whole bunch of people who are trying to get in. Maybe it's a physical small space and they can only put so many people in there. And so they've put this kind of structure in place. And if you can't live up to it, then someone else's ass is going to fill your seat and pay pay the money. Yeah. So whenever I think about tithing, I think about uh, the few times that I went to a, um, a Mormon church. Um, and they made, I think I talked about it once before on the, on the podcast, but they 
<laughs> they actually had um, they had announcements where they would come up at the end of it saying, you know, for everyone who hasn't tied this month, please bring your checkbook along with your pay stubs to the office. Yeah, and I, I'm they sure they want their ten fucking percent. And I'm sure to them that was no big whoop. That's no big deal. It's it's what it is. It's what it what they're used to. And then to you and I, we just sit there mouths agape, going, "I what, can't even." Where is the this. dump truck parked to carry those fucking balls? I've always wondered: is it ten percent gross or net? Oh it, no no no! It's gross. It is gross. Yeah, and that's gross. Yeah. Wah, 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 wah. So, what else do we talk about now for twenty two minutes? Nothing. Nothing. Nope. Do we just end? I'm thirsty. Yeah, mm. I need to get a drink. <laughs> oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, then I guess... You have to go watch Marches in New Black. I suppose. Mm-hmm. It just came out. And then Clash of the Titans. No, and then Big Brother. There's a new episode Fuck, tonight. fuck. Well, you that. don't have to watch that. You can do something else. I'm sure there's a video of... of no, I gotta get... Oh, th- there's something we have to talk about, though. Uh-oh. Um, so, okay, because Dean wasn't here this week. Uh, he's off doing his, his gaming weekend, which is super important to him. And uh, he sent me a text saying... I'm not going to make it, brother, so that's totally cool. Uh, Dean, hey, how are you? Um, but, uh, so we didn't get a chance to do an unpacking of the Kent Hovind episode. So, and we won't be able to do that next week, because next week, uh, August the 5th, we have Chad coming on. August the 5th? Yeah. Well, that means that we can't go away. What are you talking about? We were looking at going away that weekend overnight somewhere to like Kingston or something. We never talked about that. We talked about it this afternoon. But not that day. But that's when the that's what's available on the long weekend. The long weekend's next weekend. Is it? August fifth is the Sunday of the long weekend. Okay. We gotta guess. Domestic. That <laughs> Can you change it? Please don't hit me. Maybe. You're too far away. Maybe. For me to hit you. Um <laughs> Um, anyway, we'll talk about that offline. <laughs> we'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We will not record that <laughs> that conversation anymore. So so far. Anyway, dude's excited. He's very very excited about this. Yes, um, because uh, in this corner uh, we're going to be discussing biblical morality versus secular humanism. Um, that's it's going to. Oh my god! Yeah, it's going to be a bloodbath. <gasps> so, but hey. Uh, it, sh- it should be good. And the other thing I have to say to everybody is I've been continually uh, chirping, um, tweeting at uh, Cy, and uh, he's been just avoiding the email back. So every time he posts something, I add the hashtag still waiting on an re- email response, and he's just avoiding it. Um, I, I don't know whether... I may just reach out to him again and just say, listen, are you serious? Like, are, like if you're not serious, and just go fuck yourself and stop wasting my time. Um, because nothing says... Let's come together for a conversation and dialogue. Like, <laughs> go fuck yourself. Exactly. But so you have to understand. So, so. Oh, uh, no, I understand. Kyle I've and heard, Steve. I've heard this song. Well, for everybody who hasn't from, heard it, oh. Kyle and Steve uh, were of the Nonsec uh, show were gracious, gracious enough to offer their venue, uh, their virtual venue on YouTube uh, to host us. And so I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Been there. Hashtag been there, done that. So I'm like, okay, well, let's finally, okay, let's do it in person. And he's like, oh, where do you want to go? Okay, well, fine. Then we come here. So he's going to come here. And then I send him an email off basically saying, we have to be able to talk about the Bible and we have to be able to have uh, make sure questions are answered. And he hasn't responded to that. He doesn't want to talk about the Bible because it's too easy to find all the problems in the Bible. And if, I, if we agree on the fact that questions have to be answered, he can't dogpile on questions and keep saying, well, how do you know that? Well, how do you know? Well, how do you know that? 
which has been his tactic. So if he listens to this, he may say, go fuck yourself anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and Or he may listen to this and it may light a fire in his ass. I'm hoping it's the latter. Um, but yeah, so that's just to give you guys a little bit of an update. Um, what else? I think that's about it. It's almost August. It's almost August. It's almost my birthday month. That's right. That's right. So that's exciting too. I'm going to be old. Yeah. 45 is not old. Well, it's still younger than you. So That's right. There's that. That's right. By two whole years. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, I'm starting to get, you, you can't see it, but I'm starting to get that end the fucking episode look. I'm looking at my shirt. I'm looking at the pattern on my shirt. <laughs> That's how interested she is right now. She's like, I've done my podcast appearance. My work is done. End the fucking episode. I'm thirsty. So, um, I guess that's enough trouble for us to get into for one week. Uh, Dean and I will be back next week, um, 99.999% with Chad. And that's going to be epic. Uh, but until then, I have been Michael. And I have been Shannon. And we will see you later. Bye. Bye-bye. This has been The CA. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please drop by the iTunes store and give us a review and subscribe to get the latest episodes as soon as they release. Just a reminder, the views expressed on this broadcast are solely those of the hosts and are for entertainment purposes only. Never take advice from two guys expressing an opinion on a podcast. That's just silly. See you back here soon.